This intro is provided by recording artist John Maxim. It's a clip from his new single, Blame. Follow him on Instagram at John Maxim Music. I mess up, get dressed up, confess up the worst of my feelings are very mischieving. I struggle and blame myself. It's my fault. Welcome from the depths of darkness to the light of success. This podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Compass Nine Media. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the Chris Wick Podcast. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the podcast from the depths of darkness to the light of success. I'm your host, Chris Swick. You can follow the show over on Instagram where I'm most active at depths of dark side, D-E-P-T-H-S-D-A-R-K-S-I-D-E. And I would like to proudly present to you my next guest. But before I do that, I want to talk a little bit about my sponsor, Compass 9 Media. They're an amazing podcast branding company up here in Canada. You can follow them over on Instagram as well, at Compass 9 Media. They take care of all my social media needs for my podcast. Great partnership I have with them. So yeah, go check them out, guys. Now, with no further ado, I introduce to you the creator of the app, Poddex, man. This podcast or Poddex app has been, you know, crucial for me in times when I've had to come up with questions you know, to get the lighten the conversation a little bit more and stuff. But with no further ado, here's Travis Brown. Hey, what's up from Chicago to Toronto here? Uh, it's uh, I bet you it's as cold up there as it is here. And I'm, I'm excited to be here with you, Chris. I know this is going to be pre-recorded and stuff, but it's fucking minus 19 today up here without the wind chill. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, there's two feet of snow outside my window here. And uh, I've been doing nothing but shoveling snow lately. So uh I don't mind the workout, but I'm uh, I'm ready for spring. Let's just say that for sure. And I'm I'm ready, you know, for spring. I'm ready. Like I, I'm still trying to, during these winter months and stuff like that. I love still getting outside. Doesn't matter how cold it is. Like I made a clip the other day, and you know, I'm trying. It doesn't matter how cold it is or whatever. But getting outside for your mental health is fucking key to me. You know, it clears the mind, clears the soul, and stuff like that. So I don't care how cold it is. I I want to try. I'm trying my best to spend a half hour each day outside. You know, just with yourself with in your th- with your th- own thoughts and stuff like that it's important hey uh spending time in vitamin d and, and and quieting your mind a little bit is you know it's key for human beings we forget we're all this we're all in this big technology boom right now where we're like the caterpillar turning into the butterfly right we're in, sort of in the matrix here and what people forget is like you you have uh, biological requirements of putting your feet on the ground and and looking at the blue sky and things that we all forget that actually center us as human beings so i love that you're doing that for sure. For sure. What are you doing for your mental health, you know, to get through these times and stuff like that? You've created this app, like you created this app during the pandemic, right? I did. Yeah. So, um, you know, Poddex blew up, uh, earlier this year. Um, so if you don't know what Poddex are, they're, uh, either physical decks of cards or the mobile app that have unique episode starting prompts or interview questions for podcasters, content creators, live streamers. And essentially the idea here is that you can spark your next great conversation. And the questions may be the same, but the answers you get will always be different. And so um, it's a great tool. Uh, Podcasters have really picked up on it. And I'm just really excited that people are having like really great conversations because that's what makes great content, right? Going deeper than your, your tip of the iceberg question and getting people to be 
vulnerable. So it was awesome. And uh, so I started this company. It was actually an accidental business. I uh, am heavily invested in podcasting and have been for about a decade. I've been helping people launch podcasts for a long time. And uh, when you sell your time as an agency, you run out of time, right? So I said, how can I start to help more people and, and kind of, you know, I come from the punk rock world and the DIY aspect of like, how can I give this to people and let them do it themselves? So I created this course called Shortcut to Podcasting. I spent six weeks recording it and um, I was going to send everybody who bought this premium course a deck of cards with these 50 questions that I had that I used in my daily life before I even had pod decks. And when I launched, uh, some people bought the course, but mostly I was getting emails saying, I don't want your course, but what are those cards you keep showing? And so I said, okay, um, there's something here. So I pressed, I had ten, pressed 10 decks and ran a little ad on Instagram and sold out in like five minutes. And then I pressed a hundred and sold out in a day and it just kept growing and growing. And so as a business owner, I think it's really healthy for people to like sit down with a piece of paper and figure out how somebody could put you out of business and then do it yourself. So I said, okay, if somebody sees this and they've got like millions of dollars and what would they do? Well, they'd probably make it into a mobile app. And it solved a couple problems for me as a business owner of like, you're excited, you buy this product, then you have to wait to get it in the mail. I thought, well, everyone has a phone. Let's get this to people on their phone so they can instantly start having these great conversations. And so um, we worked really hard on the app. We built the whole thing. It was ready in March. And then I realized there was a greater opportunity to put more into the app, courses, a toolbox, um, giveaways. And so we, we paused it and we added a bunch of extra uh, goodies in. And then we ended up releasing it in September on International Podcast Day because I really wanted to make this of value to people. I didn't want to just have like a, another version of the physical pod decks. I wanted it to be a platform where podcasters could keep coming back, keep learning, keep growing their show, growing their audience and potentially monetizing their podcast. That's amazing. You know, and it's funny, I, you say that like when it launched, I don't think I came across it till I want to say maybe November or whatever, but it was just a sponsored ad, man. So you, you reeled me in right away. Once I saw this, I was like, I got to check this out. You know, I'm, I'm that type of guy I try not to be a part of a lot of it, but if there's something that's valuable to me, you know, and I see value in it, I will click on that ad or whatever, you know, not all of them, but not all of them appeal to me. Not every yeah. ad does, but that one did like, and I, I have, you know, built a custom bag. I use it all the damn time now. I use it all, all the damn time. And, and it leads me into, you know, I remember you posted something recently too. What is, what, what's your mission statement for that, for your pod deck app? Yeah, uh, the mission statement is that we, uh, as Poddex, continually create fresh content. We have a fresh content guarantee to help podcasters and content creators always have a new content and great conversations. And um, the idea here is that, you know, you know, I look at the analytics of the app, and we've had over 200,000 card swipes, which means people are having great conversations, taking their podcast to new heights. I've had so many people reach out to me and say, Hey, I listen, got mine ready here too. Don't worry. Yeah. I'll that's awesome, man. Today. I love it. Uh, so, um, I've had people reach out to me from all over the world saying, you know, these pod decks, I sit down with my wife and we, we, I learned stuff about her that I didn't know. And we've been married for 15 years or a kid who went on his first date and he was super nervous 
He brought Fuck, up you, you just gave me an idea. Now you just said that I'm going to sit down actually with my, so we, I want to cut that one short for a second. We'll come yeah. back to that. But me and my girlfriend just finished this book a little while back, but it's, it's called you and me, I do believe or something, but it's a book, but basically you sort of find out about each other. One side of the pages for, you know, you and one side of the pages for her. And it's, you go through this whole book. It's all these different questions you ask about one another and write down the answers though. So you got to know each other more and more deeper and deeper, like actually have a deep, meaningful conversation that's what it was this book was about it took a while to get through it but it's fun but it's a good idea to use the these damn decks with your girlfriend or partner or anyone exactly so i think in 2021 that communication is probably more important than anything. So we're, you know, there's sort of your, you got your left wing, your right wing, and, and, and you got the, you know, people like to draw this line between the two of them and have like this, these people to, I don't want to say hate, but like, you know, somebody to throw stones at. And I think it's healthy to have debates that are, that are um, polite and to move forward. But I just think that you know, people don't communicate as much. And I think it's the number one problem with marriages failing is there's not communication. People build up resentment. And so you can really, um, you know, you can take your relationships to the next level. You can grow your audience by engaging them with great questions. Anytime you give your audience a chance to interact with you, you're going to win because people want to be along for the ride with you. So I'll take this to music, right? So music, uh, everyone wants to know the newest up and coming band first, right? And then they tell their friends and they were sort of the the innovator of that. So um, by giving your audience a chance to engage with you, you're letting them come along for the ride and they can be a part of your success. So uh, going back to what I was saying, um, I've had people go on dates, bring out pod decks, talk all night, get a second date. I have people who use them at the dinner table. I have, um, I go live on Instagram and I'll just say anybody who wants to be interviewed just join the live and I'll interview a stranger and just ask them Poddex questions. I've made new friends, new business connections. Um, and the community that Poddex has brought together, I think is really, uh, is really important. We have a really successful Facebook group called the podcast builder club where, you know, all ships rise with the tide. We're all bringing each other up, helping each other. Um, you know, we do giveaways on the app every month. We give away a new pr- uh, product that we think will help take a podcaster to the next level, whether it's a microphone or a standing desk or a, you know, we're really community based because, and this is going to sound funny to you in Canada, but somebody said to me, podcasters are like Canadians. Everyone's super nice. And um, I do think that the collaboration is important for podcasters and communication is important. So if you, if you're looking to take your next interview to the next level, you need to have really engaging questions are going to make people become vulnerable. Vulnerability is what sells. On and the best in the business at it is, sorry, I say, you know, go watch, you know, I'm not saying no one knows, but go Joe Rogan, man. He's the best in the business at it, man. He, he digs deep. Like if you just, like I watch his shit cause that's who I like to emulate. Like, I'm not saying I'm trying to be like him, but like, I, I want to, you know, along that's like, people ask, what are we going to be doing on my show? No, we're just going to talk like Joe Rogan, man. That's that's what it is. It's all about organic conversation to me. I don't honestly, people ask, well, what questions are you bringing? I I don't have questions. Let's just, we're going to go with the flow and see wherever it goes. I don't know wherever the direction it takes us, you know what I mean? But absolutely. And if you look at the top charts of podcasting, the same people are all at the top. There's your true crime people, right? There's your news people. And then there's your Joe Rogan, your Dak Shepard. And the thing that those people all have in common is not only do they share their own vulnerabilities, but they get their guests to share vulnerabilities. And so I think by having some uh, questions that, that instigate that, you'll have 
more sticky conversations. And then if you think about it from like a guest perspective, a lot of people go on a lot of podcasts. Some people do a circuit, they're promoting something. They get asked the same questions over and over again. If you come and have this amazing conversation with them with different questions, you're going to stand out from the crowd. So when people are going through those episodes, your episode is different. And the guest themselves is going to be more excited about that episode because it's different than all the boilerplate questions that they're receiving all the time. So- and, that, and that's what I did too at the beginning. I had like a set list of questions, but you know, through time in the first couple months, it's like, no, that's not what it is. You know, I had to go do my research and stuff like that of guests. But then I just came up with like, honestly, sometimes I will literally go do a random, you know, question generator and pick 10 questions off yeah. it. And I just throw those in the mix in my show with the conversation and have fun though sometimes. And I use the pod decks app. I use different, like so many different resources and stuff. It's great just to keep your possibilities open, man. Yeah. And and everyone's probably, maybe not everyone, but when you're doing this kind of thing, there's, it's tricky. You, you're, you have technology in place and you may be nervous and, and you may not know where to go next. So by having a tool where you can just pull something out of thin air and keep the conversation going, avoid those awkward pauses or the weird transitions and just have fun. Like I think podcasters forget that this medium is one of the most fun mediums to be a part of. And you want to have a tool that helps you continue to have fun and get to know people because that's what podcast interviews are all about. They're about engaging conversations and learning something about people that helps the listeners change their lives or be entertained. So I've had so much fun with it and and it's my first mobile app. It was a really, it was a lot of work. Uh, it was a very valuable experience as a business Do you have a owner. team behind you or did you do it all yourself, the so, creating of the app? I do have a partner. So it's, uh, my partner's name is Kyle and he is the, I actually went to him. Is he the uh, brains behind the techie part of it? He's the developer. Yeah. So okay. I basically am, we haven't really figured out how to, what our dynamic is, but I'm the guy who basically says like, I wanted to do this. This is what I think it should look like. And then it's his problem to deal with. Right. He makes it sort of come to life and we review things. So I didn't code the app myself, but, uh, all of the, the, the pillars and all the ideas are things that unfortunately Kyle has to deal with, with me saying, okay, let's do this now. Now let's add a custom deck. Can they add cards to their, can they make their own custom deck and, and adding functionality? And uh, it's great because we're a small team, just the two of us. And we, you know, make things happen. And and I'll be honest, we always look for feedback from our users. If, if users want something new, we're going to put that in the pipeline. I had a guy reach out to me and said, Hey, um, I'm a blind podcaster and I want to use your pod decks app, but it's not, but he, he wanted like closed captioning or whatever it is to, so he could listen to it. Right. Correct. And I, that wasn't something that we thought of. I never thought in the the brainstorming of the app that there'd be a, I just didn't think about it. Not, not that I was being uh, ignorant exclusive to, it. to that. Yeah. yeah. And so now we get to go, cool, let's figure this out. Let's make this accessible for people who don't have sight. And so it's just been a really fun journey of learning and optimizing and growing. And I'm really grateful for all the subscribers. And if you haven't checked out the Poddex app, you can download it for free. You can try it free for seven days. Everything in the app opens up for you, all the decks, all the questions, the giveaways, everything. And so um, I, I highly recommend checking it out and seeing if it's right for you to have in your hip pocket when you need it uh, in your content. Creation. And it really isn't even, it's, it's inexpensive too for the whole year. It's like 110 bucks really. And it's so useful. I, I, I think it's valuable. It just it creates awesome content for you. So I see the value in that $110 or whatever it is. I appreciate it. And we, you know what? Fresh content guarantee every month we add two new decks. So it's not just going to be stagnant either, stagnant either. Correct. Like you, you were saying, it's going to be fresh stuff all the time. You're adding stuff all the time, which is nice. So it's not because 
Uh, it would probably as a, you know, as a customer of yours, you know, if, if I was seeing, if I wasn't seeing change, I, I I'll be honest to, uh, you know, from a customer standpoint, I probably wouldn't continue with it after uh, the subscription was done. I'll be honest. Like if it, yeah, but that, then you have to evolve and adapt, you know what I mean? And listen to your fan base and your customers and stuff like that too. And I'm glad that's awesome to hear that you guys are doing that, man. Travis. Yeah, it's, it's important. I mean, like, you know, we're, we're focused on it's a creating, business for fuck's yeah. sakes. You got to listen to what the customer wants. Cause the customers in a sense, I've worked retail and uh, customer service for so long. Like the customer is always right. You just got to decide with the customer 99.9% of the time. Like, even though you don't want to, you have to. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. It becomes, you know, I, I put myself as a business owner, I buy things, I buy apps, I buy, I put myself in the same position as somebody who's good. I, I use the app myself and I put things in it that I want as a consumer. So uh, I think that's been something that's been generally successful for pod decks. You know, uh, I don't just ship you your decks in some plain white box. I put it in an amazing mailer. There's free stuff inside. You get email updates. Like I think if you're starting a business, um, you really need to think about what you like when you order things. You know, no one likes to just order something and never know when it's coming or when it arrives. It's just in some crappy white envelope. You want to, you want to blow your customer's mind. Like you want your mind blown when you give your valuable money to a company for a product. Nice. No, I totally agree with you for sure. Like hundred percent. It's like me in the car business. I got to the car is so much easier to sell. I heard this from someone though. The car is so much easier to sell if you're selling the brand they drive in. And I, I have an uphill battle already when they drive in, let's say I sell Kia. So I have an uphill battle already. If someone drives in in a Chevy, like we're in an uphill battle. I'm, I'm not, you know, I'm not, you know, not nine times out of 10. I want to say six to seven times out of 10, I'm losing that battle. I'll be on it. Like yeah. <laughs> they're not driving what I already sell. So it's It's an uphill battle to start with to try and yeah, you have to do the brand loyalty in some capacity. But exactly. that, that Kia, is it a tell your ride? That thing's amazing, man. The new Sorento is even better. Yeah. I, I'm like, I've seen that several places and I'm like, that is a slick automobile. And it's a good value. Like, you know, you can go to infinity or whatever and spend a hundred thousand, you know, on something the similar size. But I think Kia, like I'm in the right brand right now. Like, uh, you know, the best bang for your buck brand right now. Like, and I see lots of people, the cars I'm seeing getting traded in is like, like higher end cars. Some of them were taking in some nice Audis and BMWs and stuff. It's just cause it's the people are looking for that value, but it's sportier. Like the guys that design Kia actually came from Audi and BMW. We got their designers now. Yep. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, and, and is Kia a Korean company? Yeah. They're, they're originally yeah. in Korea. They started with those, they started with motorcycles and pedal bikes. Yeah. That's what their company started with. I think that you know, a BMW and a Mercedes Benz used to be sort of a status symbol for a specific generation. And I think the next generation is more uh, looking for uh, things like value, aesthetic, and, you know, investing in a brand. All in one, know? all in yeah, one though. Like, and, and that's why I think I'm in the right brand though. Like I got into the car business just last year. Like I took a risk last year, totally not even what I'm doing. Like I didn't even have a podcast in mind at the beginning of last year. There, there wasn't even just when the pandemic hit, I was like, what am I going to do with myself? You know, I'm diagnosed, you know, clinically, whatever you want to fucking call it with ADHD. So my, if, if you understand the mind of someone that has ADHD, uh, like my, thoughts and my are racing all the time. So I always have ideas in my head, but you know, learning this year from my girlfriend, slow down, Chris, you know, let, let, let those ideas, you know, come, don't rush into them. So, you know, I'm taking that approach now. You got to slow down a little bit, but the podcast, you know, I'm very passionate about it because I was passionate. I got an addictive personality. I don't know. I, I, don't I do too. 
Exactly. So I got an addictive personality. I come from, you know, 20, well, let's see, I'm 37, 38, going on 38, like 23 years of solid drug and booze use, you know, almost like a little under that, but whatever it is for that long though. And so, but the podcast, it's an addiction in a sense, but I have to learn how to manage my time though and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. So like just learning to manage my time, in a positive way, like getting rid of those negative thoughts. And this has been very positive for me. It's, it's helped me through this pandemic because I'm a social fucking butterfly. I, I like to be sociably interact with people. As you can see, I got my hands going, I'm, I'm that type of guy. And so like, I, I missed that. So I was like, how am I going to do this? And my good friend, you know, who's a musician is like, there's no better way. And I was like, well, how am I going to do this? Like I, I didn't have much money then. So fuck it. I crowdfunded for the, you know, what I needed for the setup sort of thing. I had a little bit of it, but I crowdfunded for the rest and away I went and I just taught myself along the way. And it's, it's been an an amazing journey of growth from the beginning of this to where I am today, you know, and here I'm talking about amazing people like you though, too. Well, I can hear your passion coming through the microphone and I can sort of hear your mind racing. So I got, I got a couple pieces of advice. One, what I do, uh, you know, and I'm a year and a half sober now. I was a, a drinker for, for, God, 25 years um, partying. I come from the music industry. We had PhDs in that shit, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, uh, I'm, I'm good at drinking, but I'm not good at stopping drinking. Right. So um, what I do. Congratulations to you. Thank you very much. And my life has been nothing but great ever since. So what I do with a, as a person who has racing thoughts and lots of ideas, I keep an idea orphanage and I just say, I'm going to write these things down in a book. And that's what I got here. Like three of them. Boom. And then when you're, when you're focusing on, you focus on one of them until it's completed. And then you can go back to that orphanage and say, I'm going to explore this one next. And then one other thing that you hit on, and I I really want to mention this to everybody listening, because I think this is really important is, you know, what Chris has done is taken a, taken lemons and made lemonade, right? If you don't learn something new or start a new thing during this opportunity of the pandemic, right? We're all stuck at home. There's a lot of people just waiting for this to end. And then there's other people like yourself who are turning this in to something for themselves. And I hope that everybody listening has either A, learned something about themselves from this pandemic or B, started something new that they've always wanted to start and taken this opportunity because you know, this is a huge transition time for the entire world and how we behave and how we consume things and how we interact. And, and I think podcasting is the perfect platform for you. And uh, if you're out there thinking about starting a podcast, like, you know, I don't think this is going to end very soon. Start something new, whether it's a podcast or the thing that's been on your post-it note on your wall that you've wanted to do so long, take this opportunity. This is your chance to have slowed down enough to be able to do it. No, most definitely slow down, you know, take the opportunity to start something new, you know, find new things, new passions. You like find something else you're passionate about that you've never tried before, you know, like, yeah. And and the thing you have to remember is that everybody is afraid to fail. Right. And I read business books. I have mentors. I study people and all the most successful people you've ever heard of or met in your life have hundreds of failures hundreds of failed businesses. Like Poddex could have been a failure. I, I, I took a risk. I put my efforts into it and it paid off, but I've had other businesses that didn't pay off. And, but all those businesses taught me something that I can apply now in the current state. So if you're like, Hey, listen, I want to start a podcast, but I'm afraid no one will listen. I don't believe in failing. Yeah. I don't believe in it. Well, I think there's people out there that are probably listening that 
that are afraid of failure and failure is going to push you forward. And uh, I just, I really encourage people like try something new, do it minimally. Like I started this business with a couple hundred bucks and I did, you know, it's now over a six figure business. Right. Um, But you know, I could have failed and I would have lost a couple hundred bucks and I would have learned some stuff and I would have moved on to the next thing. So don't it's, it's let that- quite simple. Yeah. Make a small, that small investment could be good. Like there's so many different things you can invest your money in, like invest it smart. You know what I mean? Like, like I heard the other day too, it, uh, you know, it's not all about money all the time. It's about how you can help the next person. So you're helping podcasters out there. That's what I see it as you're helping people. You know, the money will come secondary if you're, putting good intentions forward and stuff like that. Yeah. Anybody who's starting a side hustle, here's my advice to you. I've started many. Um, the first year of your business, you should put every single penny that comes into that business and profit back into the business. And that's going to set you up with this great foundation to grow in the future. Most people, what they do is they make a little money and then they take it out and they buy something stupid. They go, oh, I bought this uh, new TV or an Xbox or something. Or the new and, Ferrari, whatever that. <laughs> yeah, sure. I mean, if you're making that much money, buy the Ferrari. But, you know, as when you're starting small, reinvest it, make new products, hire mentors, take a course, uh, start learning. Invest in yourself. Exactly. And then, you know, at that point, you've built up the business. And then the profit starts to come in and then you can figure out what you want to allocate those funds for. Exactly. For sure. You got to, you know, start small. Like my Buy son. Buy a Kia. Exactly. Buy a Kia. Trade in your car that you, is a little expensive and get something a little more affordable. And then you can put that money that you're saving that you, you know, whatever it is, it doesn't matter because you can take that money aside and save or invest it. You know, cryptocurrency is another good one to start getting into, you know, and stuff like that. Like there's so many different options to invest in right now. Like, yeah. I mean, it's endless. It's you, you really have to, I think if you're a business owner, or actually, you know what, if you're a human being in 2021, you know, my advice to you is to figure out how you can have five income streams, whether that's like you have a job and you're investing in the stock market and you have a podcast, you're trying to monetize and you make a product and you consult or, you know, come up with a list of five things where you, and they don't have to all make a ton of money, but once no, you but, but if you that, can make a little bit and every one of those added up at the end, fuck man, so yeah. like, you could be that person. It's easy to hit those six figures or whatever your goal is, you know, start out small. Like, like you said, five things or whatever, even if it, if you're a guy like myself, I, I might do three things, you know what I mean? Start, start small and you can always work up because if you start too high, you can't go down, you know, because yeah, with my addictive personality, I just like to keep it going then. So if you start small, you can always build yourself up. That's true. Yeah. So I've got a, um, a free workshop. If you're interested in three ways to monetize your podcast without a sponsor, I think everybody thinks that they're going to like become Joe Rogan and have like hundreds of million do- millions of dollars in sponsors, but this actually can apply to anybody who's creating multiple income streams. So if you just go to podcastbuilderclub.com, it's totally free. There's no upsells or anything. And I'll show you three ways that you can start to make money, uh, with any business without having to have, have somebody come in and pay you for ads. So I highly recommend you check that out and start making those income streams for yourself, whether you're a podcaster or YouTuber, or just, you know, getting into entrepreneurship at all. It's so much fun. Like I, I enjoy it now. Like I go to work, but like last, like after work last night, you know what I mean? Like 
you gotta prioritize your time and set your priorities and stuff. But like, it's, it's fun. Like I had a meeting, you know, with a couple of guys last night, just creating ideas and stuff like that. Like what we're going to do and stuff like going forward. It's, it's just amazing coming up with ideas and working with people. You know what I mean? Like I'm not even in it to the point right now making money, but I'm creating these ideas to set myself up for the future though. And stuff like that. It's exciting. And, and, yeah. and, and here's what people miss. Like everyone wants to see themselves at the top of the mountain, but, but there's a slice ideas? of pie for everyone at the top. That's, uh, that's, if I can say that yeah. there's a slice of pie for everyone at the top, especially for you musicians and artists out there, whatever you guys want to be called these days, you know, artists, you know, there's not like one genre of hip hop. They like to be called artists now, so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> whatever and, it is, but there's a slice of pie for everyone up there. It's like, it's crazy. All these people that think there's only one spot at the top. There isn't. Yeah. That's very true. I mean, there's 8 billion people on the planet and in reality, you only need about a thousand true fans to give you a hundred bucks a year to make a hundred grand as an artist. So uh, you don't have to hit critical mass in order to make a living as a content creator. And um, it's really important. And, and, and again, enjoy the journey, have fun with ideation, have fun learning and failing because once you're at the top, it's, you're going to be bored. You're going to be like, well, what's next? Enjoy that ride up the side of the mountain. For sure. Well, let's break into a little bit about your, you know, your past and stuff like that. We were talking earlier, you know, you were a part of Warp Tour, you know, traveling and stuff like that in Canada that was doing some touring up here and stuff. But you also, you know, had um, a substance or an alcohol problem as mm -hmm. well. Like what were those days like before you got clean and sober? Yeah. So uh, I I've been a musician since I was 14 years old and I and got the punk into bands you had mentioned earlier. So, yeah. So I got into a punk rock band and at that time, there wasn't that much competition. We got really good. We got some exposure and we ended up on the Vans Warp Tour. Uh, so we toured the country, uh, toured Canada, uh, sold records, got songs on TV shows. And that lifestyle, I call it the gypsy lifestyle where it's like- The traveling gypsy. Yeah, you basically like every day, your goal is to like eat, and like get wasted and play a show and sell some merch, right? So I lived that life for a long time. And, um, you know, in the music industry, I think that, and especially punk rock, it's like partying is encouraged and, you know, self-help or mental health was never a conversation that I ever had. I didn't hear about meditation or yoga or journaling, you know, like it would just, it's not it like was, it is today's day and age, you know, it's very, I, I still want to make, you know, we still, there's still a huge stigma around all that, but I want to break that stigma. You know, that's, one of my goals in life, I guess, to, and, you know, make people afraid to not talk about it Absolutely, for yeah. so long, especially in men, especially, uh, that been so afraid to talk about it. We need to have those outlets and these platforms like I've created, you've created all those types of things to strike up these conversations. Absolutely. Yeah. And so my days would literally be, uh, you know, I would wake up late. I would feel like shit. I would get some crappy food in my body. We'd drive to the next city, we'd load in the gear and I would start drinking. And the way I did it as an alcoholic was I could get drunk or get a buzz before the show. And then I would play the show and basically sweat it all out and be sober again. And then I would get drunk again at the after party. So it, it created this like sort of, uh, I looked at it as an opportunity. I'm like, I can get drunk twice a day, right? I can party, I can feel good twice a day. And really, um, you know, my personal story is, you know, there was some childhood trauma and things. I'm not a victim by any means, but I was basically just masking uh, suffering, right? So I did that for a long time. And then eventually that gypsy life trauma, what type of trauma, if oh, you don't just mind me asking. Childhood, childhood abuse, emotional, physical. Uh, I'm a, I'm a product of, um, multiple divorce marriages and, uh, 
you know, being in the, you know, I'm sure there's lots of people out there like that, but just, you know, physical abuse from my father, emotional abuse from my mother. And, um, you know, and that all stems back because it goes down the line too. If you look deep into it too, it's like what happened in their childhood? Like I, you know, I'm not trying to center like anyone's parents out, but there's some things happen along the way for them to be like that towards you though, too. You know what I mean? And and they're not wrong, but like what happened before that, you have to dig further and further back too. And sometimes I've, I've asked questions to some family members of mine too, just to see what happened. You know what I mean? Why am I the way I am too? And it makes sense now to, to a certain extent to me too. Absolutely. And, and part of my journey through therapy and all this is figuring this out is like, I do have empathy. They were raised a certain way. And I think that your childhood predicts some of your future and, and how you handle that, how you're programmed as a child. So, um, you know, I was just masking feelings all the time. I was never like looking at my suffering and saying like, okay, this happened. And I'm going to like, look at it and feel those feelings and sort of move on. Every time you, if you had trauma in your life, basically what happens is if every time you think about it, you're reliving it. So you're basically having trauma all the time. So um, some of the steps that I've taken are therapy, which I love. My podcast is actually called podcast therapy because I think that podcasters, you know, get to these points where the mindset is actually the block, not the actual tools or the gear. And uh, so through that, so as I got older, um, I was looking at my friends who were growing up and getting jobs and cars and condos and health insurance. And they're looking at me like, dude, your life's awesome. You just get to travel around and party. And uh, I I mean, I basically hit a wall where I was just unhealthy, um, probably at my most unhealthy, you know, I stunk from drinking, like you can drink enough to where you actually smell. Um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I I was the same way or I knew friends, had friends the same way too. Yeah. And then I got a, I got a real job and uh, that's when I sort of fell into podcasting, but I was still drinking. And so it took me. Uh, I was managing it, you know, managing it. And, uh, and it took me a while. And eventually I woke up one day and said, you know, I feel like shit all the time because I don't have an off button. Like whatever I'm doing, I go full bore, right? If I'm drinking, we're drinking. If I'm starting, if I'm, you know, starting a business, I'm going crazy. And so, uh, there was an instance where I took my kids to Chick-fil-A for, um, a Chick-fil-A story, sir. (laughs) Yeah. So I took my kids to Chick-fil-A there was a little thing we did. I would take them on Thursdays and the lady brought my food out or brought our food out. And she put the tray down on the table and my Coke zero fell over and spilled. And my daughter yelled out, daddy, your beer. And I was mortified because at that point in time, I realized that that's all she thought that I drank, right? Cause I would drink in front of the kids. I would let them smell my beer. I would let them smell my wine. And I thought, okay, I'm going to, you know, and and I'm talking about years of alcoholism in the family. I'm stopping this here. They're, they're not going to look at me and say, Oh, dad, drink, you know, my dad used to kick me and tell me to go get him a beer out of the refrigerator. They'll never, they'll never hopefully remember me drinking or being drunk. And, uh, it was just something I, I made a decision. And I said, I went to a couple of, it's called smart meetings. I'm not a big religious person. So AA wasn't, uh, no, and I, and I'm, I'm with you there too. It's not that I'm not I'm I'm not religious either. There is something higher power out there or whatever, but for sure. it's just, just there's different ways I've found podcast. This is one of my ways to stay clean and sober. Like I, I don't have to follow what they say. It's, it's not, you know what I mean? Some people see it differently, but that's just me. You know what I mean? Like I'm not the meeting guy either. Like once the meeting stopped in person up here, 
Yeah. They went to the zoom. I just couldn't do zoom with 600 fucking people on it. I yeah, just, no, it's, I wasn't getting anything out of it. It's not the same thing. So I went to those meetings for a little while and just to, to reinforce the decision. And I just made a decision, man. I put an app on my phone that's days and it's, it counts the days I've been sober. And after a while, of course, as you know, it fades away in the background, but in the beginning, I mean, it's, everything is about drinking weddings, birthday parties, every holiday, barbecues, Super it's Bowl. It's how are we going to do things and have fun that we were having before? Fuck, I'll tell you one thing. I can have a hell, I've had a hell of a lot more fun being clean and sober than I ever have. Like, well, for instance, I was sitting by the river where I live here and with my girlfriend sitting one day, I said, she's like, what are you doing? I said, I'm just enjoying like the geese floating by because I never used to take the time to just live in the present moment. She's, and she, you know, a couple tears came down, but it was just me just enjoying being present in that moment, watching these geese and ducks go by and listening. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And there's power in that. And so I actually saw this interesting effect. Like I realized, so after I quit drinking, I realized there was a specific amount of people that I was either doing business with or hanging out with that either they were, they were the catalyst for me or I was the catalyst for them to drink. Everything was like, let's have lunch and we'll drink. Let's go to the casino and we'll drink. And so I quickly figured out those people and I sort of uh, moved them to the side in my, my pecking order. And then there were the other people that were asking me like, well, what happened? Did you get a DUI? Or, you know, they, everyone thinks you hit like some form of rock bottom. I don't, I think I had a rock bottom, but I didn't hit rock bottom when I quit. And then people started asking me questions like why? And, and I would explain to them my thought process. And I noticed an effect of it going the other way. People saying like, oh yeah, you inspired me and I didn't drink all month. Or um, yeah, know, like it has my a wife, trickle effect. My wife continued to drink and um, not like in, a, in, a, in an abusive way, like she had it managed, but then I've seen her completely fall off and just be like, yeah, it just doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me anymore. It doesn't bring me that euphoria. And so um, I feel like it was, um, you know, it's something I wish I did a long time ago, but there's, I don't think there's ever the right time to do anything. I think it just happens when you need it to happen. And uh, I, I'm, I'm really excited about it. And, it, you know, especially in the pandemic, you know, drinking went up. Everybody I knew was like, oh, I'm drinking more than ever. And I'm like, I'm so glad that I've got this behind me before. I had this. a few months in before the pandemic this time around. I've had year, a couple of years at a time, you know, other points in life, but I had a few months in this and I'm glad I had the mindset and I'm glad I got started on the podcast, you know, and same for you. Kudos to you, man. I'm so proud Thank of you, you for getting cleaned up and sober too. Thank man. you. Yeah. And, you know, you know, it's like you addiction, you have to replace one thing with another. So if you're going to quit it's something, so true. you got to find something healthy to replace it with. So, whether that's exercise or starting a podcast or doing a business or uh, art, you know, find like before you quit that thing, if you're thinking about it, um, find something to replace it with and use that as your activity every time you feel like you're going to use or abuse. Exactly. For sure, man. No, I totally agree with you there, Travis. Traveling with your punk band and stuff like that. What was the name of your punk band? Like, obviously there's probably stuff floating around there somewhere. There is. Yeah. So the name of the band was called Split Habit. And we were like a mixture of like Green Day meets Weezer. Um, you know, everyone in our scene, we had a really cool local scene here in Chicago where my my uh, fellow bands were people like Fall Out Boy and Alkaline Trio and these like bands that went on to like be huge. Fall Out Boy is huge. I love Fall Out Boy. Yeah, huge. Like I, I basically watched them go from playing in a VFW hall with us for like, with like 20 people there to basically selling out stadiums. stadiums. Yeah. yeah. 
No, so, it's amazing to see the like growth, you know, especially up here. I don't know what the music scene's like down there. I know like I'm a huge hip hop head, but I like everything. But like the music scene's really taking off in Toronto, especially with the hip hop scene. Like give it a couple more years, man. Like some of those guys are finally get, you know, I'm I'm super happy to see like some of these guys getting out of the, you know, the gangs there and just, you know, making something for themselves and stuff like that moving away though and stuff like that and getting out of there cuz not everyone does though and it's it, it's a sad to see and you know the same within Chicago same thing with the gangs like some of those there's been some amazing hip hop artists that have come out of some of those hoods down there and stuff man yeah yeah so uh yeah i mean it was an amazing experience and i think that like in my life as an extrovert like uh podcasting came naturally and it it, it helped me with sales right cuz i was always selling myself i was always selling we used to move units i'm talking about like cd's which is going to date me but like I would walk around with a backpack at Warp Tour and a, a, a disc man and walk up to people and say, hey, who did you come here to see? And they're like, oh, I came here to see Green Day. And I'm like, cool. I think you'd actually like my band. Like, you want to listen to it? And That's how like, you yeah. do it. You do the griddle girl of marketing. I love it. Yeah. And then they'd be like, oh, I like this. I'm like, five bucks, get you a CD. And we would sell more CDs from just walking around meeting people than we did after we got off stage, you know, playing. So yeah, because you're interacting and it's a personal opportunity. You're actually going to take the time to talk to that individual, whatever, whether it be a 10 minute conversation where at the merch booth, it's just like, it's like moving the line, you know, keep it going, keep it yep. going. Who's next? Who's next? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that really instilled some valuable uh, personality traits in myself as far as like learning to talk to strangers how to engage with them, how to build community. Um, so for me, you know, I talk to people all the time that want to start a podcast. And it, for me, it's very easy. I'm like, oh, well, you just get on the mic and you have great conversations or share value or teach people things. And not everyone is wired that way. But the the band experience was really great for me as far as like, you know, we used to travel before there were maps on your phone. Like we took a Rand McNally map and we would get in our van and we would drive to California and we would just look at the map and figure out how to get there. So I love maps. The, maps are fun. Yeah. So like some of these life experiences that I don't think people get to have today, like we didn't have YouTube videos to watch in the van. You sat in the van and drove and talked or listened to CDs and, or cassettes, uh, whatever the hell was in there. Yeah. Yeah. In the Astro van. And uh, you know, it was just a really great experience. I think going from like young man to man, like learning how to navigate all that all while being inebriated. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but you know what? It was a, it was a life experience for you. You know what I mean? And it made you to who you are today, Travis. Absolutely. And, I, and I'm grateful for that. You know, I'm, I'm actually grateful. I've, I've told this to several people is like, you know, at one point in my life, uh, all my peers broke through and made it in the music industry, it became rock stars, became wildly rich and famous. And for, there was a while that I would, I was, I had resentment towards that. Cause I thought, why not me? Why didn't I, you know, we were just as good, if not better, blah, 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 blah. And then there was a shift in my mind that I realized like, if I would have had that, I would definitely be dead because I would have drank more. I would have partied more. There would have been more access. And I would, and so I'm so grateful that that wasn't where I ended up. And music is still a huge part of my life. Like still make music, still have guitars everywhere, drums everywhere. But I do think that like, that my life's journey took me to the exact right spot to be able to not be in a coffin because of, you know, masking those, that suffering for so long. 
No, for sure. And I think you hit, you know what I mean? You can still have fun with the music and stuff like that, but it's good that you see that now. You know what I mean? Like you're grateful that you didn't become rich and famous as you were just saying sort of thing, you know, but you're, you're doing comfortable. You're doing great things now. You know what I mean? You found another niche in your life that you're good at, you know, which is podcasting and creating this app, you know, you have an entrepreneurial mindset. You have, you dabble in everything now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's fun. I love it. And I think that's, uh, as long as you that- have fun doing it, that's the main thing. It's, it's what I love the most. Absolutely. For sure. What's the most shocking moment that you've ever had in your life? Oh, I can tell you exactly what that is. I was literally electrocuted on stage. And uh, so I was on a stage in front of about a thousand people and whoever the production company was didn't set everything up right. So um, they said, hey, go check your mic. And so I had my fingers on the strings of my guitar, which were plugged in. And I grabbed the mic and it, it basically created a circuit and it pulled me together, right? Because what happened was the electricity is going through one arm in through the other arm and it created a loop. And I was stuck. I was, I could feel the waves. Like, I'm not talking about like getting shocked, like, ow, I'm talking about like feeling the waves of electricity of this huge sound system going through my body and being stuck and I couldn't move. And I, and and so the shock, you know, you kind of go into a little bit of shock and finally somebody came up to me and pried the microphone out of my hand, which broke the circuit. And, uh, which I'm super grateful for because I went to a doctor and he said, you're really lucky because at some point your heart is the weakest part of the circuit and would have just popped and you would have died. So uh, it was crazy. And it, it, and I actually had a phobia around microphones for a long time because I was just afraid to touch them. You know, anytime we were sound checking, I was just like, oh my God, is this going to happen again? And it took me a long time to get over that. But I would say that was absolutely the most shocking, uh, no pun intended moment of my life. I, I would not wish that upon anyone. I know my dad's brother has been electrocuted twice. So I, I don't know the feeling myself to get like shocked like that, but he's been struck by lightning twice in the oh same fucking spot. And wow. he's still living. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's like the odds of that happening once or in the. I, I don't know. I don't know what it is, but it was literally on the same lake, like around the same tree, everything like within a few years of each other. <laughs> wow. That's incredible. <laughs> yeah. But no, I, I, I've never, like, I've been shocked, but I know what you're saying, those waves, but not to the extent you had. That's, that's fucking wild, man. Yeah, it was scary. (laughs) And I remember, um, I remember it bent me over because the whole thing just like sort of pulled me together. And I remember I bent over and there was this girl in the front row and she was laughing like, and it was almost like in slow motion, like this maniacal laugh. And I'm like, I was really thinking like, is this the last thing I'm going to (laughs) see on planet Earth? Some lady or woman laughing at you. Yeah, because everyone just thought I was goofing around, right? They didn't know what was happening until they realized like this dude's like stuck. So it was crazy. Oh, wow, man. Yeah, I wouldn't wish that upon anyone for sure. And, you know, the sight of that would have been fucking wild, I bet. Yeah, it was scary. (laughs) Yeah, no, I bet it would. Those thoughts probably racing through your head at those times are like just a mile a minute, I bet, or a second. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Nice. So what are three things you do for yourself on a day-to-day for your mental health to, you know, keep yourself in check? Absolutely. Yeah. So I, um, so first of all, I wake up at 5.30 a.m. and I come downstairs and I uh, have a gratitude journal. So I'll fill out a page where I either write things that I'm grateful for or things that I and we'll be grateful for in the future. So uh, something like, I'm so happy and grateful now that I've been married for 50 years in 2058, right? Uh, so I spent some time really getting my mind in the, the that positive outlook, right? Because the, there's so much to be grateful for. I'm grateful for hot water. I'm grateful for, 
you know, pod decks. I'm grateful for opportunities. Um, and then I sit and I actually like will plan out my day. And I usually do do this in a, in a specific fashion. I call it the lucky sevens where I'll say there's three things that I need to do for my business to move forward? Like what are the three most important things for my business? And then what are the three kind of filler things that'll make me feel like I got stuff done? So, um, and then uh, I write one that is what I'm gonna do for my body. So typically I either lift weights or I ride uh, a, a cycle. So I have a, like a trainer in my basement where I can ride the bike. And then when it's nice weather, I go outside and just to get the blood flowing and all that stuff. So um, is that three? No, that's probably two. Um, I, I usually read something in the morning that's, um, nonfiction that is, I read a lot of stuff about Buddhism because I'm really, uh, interested in peace and joy and facing my suffering, as I've mentioned before. And so I'll typically feed my brain something before I ever open a phone or check my email or anything like that. That's a great idea for sure. And I'm trying to practice that more and more. Like I turn off all the no all the notifications for all my apps, everything. The only thing that comes through my phone is honestly my work email just because I need, I need to make money at work. That's my full-time income. So, you know, so that, that those are the, my, my personal email doesn't even come through my podcast email. I have to actually open it up to see if there's one, but like, that's the only notification that really comes through in phone calls and texts. That's it. Like other than that, I have to open up the apps, you know, and I shut, shut her down, you know, every night at a certain time and stuff like that. Like I'll, if I go on it, I go on it, but it's never like popping up every five minutes. You know what I mean? Like I make a post, I'll go back to it later on or whatever and check out what people are, you know, interact, but yeah, I schedule all my social media posts and schedule. Yeah. I got to get back to that. You know what I mean? In due time, you know, with everything, that's my plan this year too. So there's things schedule everything. Like you said, I create all my content usually at the beginning of the week or on a Sunday for the week, do it every Sunday. It gives me something to do on Sunday afternoons when I'm by myself or with when I'm just doing nothing. So there's something to do every Sunday afternoon, usually with the podcast. That's awesome. But yeah, before we go here, man, it, it was amazing to have you on the show. I just want to say that, man. And I'm so grateful for your app again, man. It's it's an amazing tool for all podcasters. I suggest everyone check out the Poddex app, guys. But you want to plug in again, like where they can find you on social medias. You know, your, you can find your app on the App Store, I think on Android and Apple and stuff like that. And you have a web a web page. The easiest way to find out about Poddex is go, to go to poddex.com. Um, if you have a mobile phone, you can just search your app store for Poddex and check out that app for free. Like I said, there's actually a deck on there that's completely free called the episode deck. It's 65 episode starting prompts. So if you're like, if you're tired of staring at a blank piece of paper and you want to start podcasting, it's a, it's a great way to start just getting prompts to start making content. And then I'm very, very invested in Instagram. So I spend social media for me is there's too many platforms and I just am not good at, I'm not TikTok. I'm with you there. Like I, I'm not into TikTok or Instagram is where I've really invested my time. Now it's just to play with the algorithms on there. Yeah. So you can find me at Poddex and then I'm dabbling in Clubhouse. You can uh, search for at Poddex there. And, you know, I'm very active on Instagram. Send me a DM. If you have a question, if you want to chat, I'm always open to uh, talking. And that's where I spend, I would say 90% of my time on social media. Thanks so much again, Travis, for coming on the show today. We Thank truly you, Chris. And hey, that. before we go, I just want to tell everybody who's listening, I want you to do me a favor. I want you to open up your pod decks or podcast app, excuse me. Uh, and I want you to subscribe to this podcast if you're not. And I also want you to go in and just take one minute to give Chris a five-star review and just write some nice words about the value that he's giving this audience. Uh, he's, he's coming to you with these really great episodes and it will really help him 
to make sure that you know when the next episode is and to have that review. So just take a minute before you go today and do a good deed for Chris. Thank you so much, Travis. Those are amazing words. And I, I am truly grateful, you know, to be able to chat with you, man. It's, it's been my pleasure and I'm so happy to have connected with you in digital real life as opposed to just seeing you on Instagram. <laughs> Sounds good, man. Well, have a great rest of your day. All right, brother. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode. New episode comes out every Monday at 7 a.m. on all streaming platforms. And you can follow me on Instagram at Depth of Dark Side and on Facebook at From the Depths of Darkness to the Light of Success. Have a great week, folks.